Michael and Jill are here today in the We Don't Play podcast station and it's so great to have them here because we've met on Clubhouse and now it's about to turn into a whole new discussion, just us. And this is something that you don't get every day. So it's a pleasure to have you, Michael and Jill, in the playroom. How are you today? We're doing great. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having us. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. This is exciting. Michael, Jill, you know, we keep hearing about the amazing things you're doing for the community, for other people, serving them. And it's just a pleasure to know that there are people that actually care about people's, you know, lifestyles and what they can do better. And you guys are really shining that light. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much. That is so kind of you to say. We are so honored to be here and to meet you in person. Like, this is amazing. It's like friendship next level. Exactly. It is. And you know, the next thing is, you know, meeting in real life, as people say in Clubhouse and IRL. So it's yeah. going gonna, gonna to be amazing. But today you are the focus, you are the stars. And I want to make sure that you can be able to help us know some more things about when it comes to digital marketing you know, agency building, because some people say, oh yeah, I can't work with my wife. You know, we're not gonna work together. We're gonna, you know, bash in it. But it's like, no, if you're a team, you're a team. So it would be great to hear your story to start off, because I've never heard it and I would love to know your story, how you met, and you know, how this has turned into the beautiful experience that it is today. Yeah, so I'll just tell like a kind of a brief little bit about our story. So we met uh, senior year in college, at Chico State. Uh, that's where I was from and Joe was going to school there. Uh, we dated for that whole last year, fell in love, and we were really excited to graduate college because we were both the first people to graduate college in our family. And so that was a huge deal for both of us. And we kind of really bought into that whole, like when you graduate, there'll be a job waiting for you. Like you'll be good. There's that like 60, 70 K job. And so we really had it in our heads that it was kind of like the finish line, so to speak. Mm. And then we went to our career fair. I don't know if you've heard of those, like when you're about to graduate, they yeah. have a career fair on campus. Mm -hmm. Dude, ours was a joke. It was terrible. It was so bad. But it was like places you didn't even need a degree to get a job at. And I'm like, wow. like these places, I don't, I know that I could go get a job like immediately, like right now. Like, why did I pay, you know, 40, $50,000 was like this, what was at the end of it? Like, so we were both really discouraged. Like I can literally remember we had to park off campus like about a mile and a half away. And I was in a suit and she was in like a really nice dress because we thought we were going to like professional interviews. Right. And it was like a hundred degrees, like Chico heat. And we were both just like, what are we going to do? We were pretty discouraged. Yeah, we were just like, we don't, because that was our plan. That was plan one and two and three. Like we didn't have a backup plan. And so after we graduated, um, she was working four part-time jobs, teaching dance, you know, being an administrator. Um, I was working two jobs, like early in the morning, late at night. And we were just like, we can't keep doing this long-term. Like we're already burnt out after three months. Like we can't do this for like 40, 50 years. And so we were like, well, we want to spend all of our time together. That's why we've been in a relationship. Like that's what we're about. So like, why don't we start a business together? And so this was six years ago. Right and after we got married. Right after we wow. got married. Like literally right after we got married, went on our, well, we didn't even go on a honeymoon actually because we said that the money we took from our wedding, we were gonna use to start our business instead mm. of going on a honeymoon. 
So we knew nothing about business. It was such a mess. So it was a t-shirt company, but we learned a little bit, like we learned about Shopify, we learned about marketing. What it really did was it forced us to get books and introduce us to like educate, like our own learning. And so it really got us into self-education, which is what we needed. Um, so that business ended up not working out. It wasn't really our passion. Like all of the businesses up until now, I really think we could have been successful in. We just, our heart wasn't really in them. So the t-shirt business was great. Like we made good money, but like, we'd be like, oh, we gotta go do a show. Or like, oh, we gotta, you know, create social media. Right. And those were kind of our like red flags that we weren't really enjoying what we were doing. And so then we started another business. Um, we were in network marketing for a while. Didn't enjoy the business model, but really enjoyed the association. That's when we got introduced into personal growth and development, which was really like the turning point for us was, you know, really investing in ourselves. That's when we learned the value of like investing in yourself in courses, getting around good people, solid foundations, um, things like habits. And so uh, we learned all of these different things in business that eventually like we were like, okay, what are you good at? What am I good at? And so Jill's really good at the branding, the social media, because mm -hmm. the jobs that she had up until this point were she did huge social media marketing for huge campaigns. Okay. What was I good at? Well, I was really good at building other people's businesses, you know, from the ground up to seven figures. You know, I did it for multiple businesses. So I was like, well, okay, well, like what could we build that like combines all of that? And we had a friend's like, why don't you start a digital marketing agency? Like. Everything you're describing is what a digital marketing agency offers. And we're like, oh, cool. And so we started that and we really just fell in love with the clients that we work with, um, the day-to-day -day activities. We don't look at it as like a drag. We wake up invigorated, like getting on Clubhouse, say, and, and you know, answering questions and offering value. It's not a chore for us. Like the t-shirt business kind of felt like it was. It's more of a, like, I get it to get up and serve people, kind of like you were talking about in the intro. So it feels more of like a, a calling and a purpose and less like a, a job or a hassle. Right. Yeah, and I'll just add on to that. Like, as we were building these businesses, we were both still working full-time in corporate. So with this is six years of like hustle, late nights, like no sleep, I was driving an hour and back to work. So it was a two hour commute every day. And we started the Market Vibe in July, 2019. We remember it was July 4th here in the States. And we were like, what are we doing? And this, we kind of drew a line in the sand and we were like, this is what we're going with. This is what we're doing. We're gonna stick with it. And I had started a new job and I was just on like a temporary contract. And in September, they decided not to renew it. So I was like, okay. This is God kind of hitting me with a two by four, like go into your business. You've been speaking self-employment for a long time. And Michael and I talked about it and you really gave me the green light. He was like, just do it. Like, let's go for it. So we just decided to run with it. And that's kind of brought us here. Like obviously 2020 was incredibly difficult, but we survived it. We made it through. And that's kind of like where we are today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um... It's crazy. It's like you talk about like being an entrepreneur and like stepping out on faith. It would have been very easy for like us as a couple to say like, okay, like the smart choice is for you to go out, get another job. Like that's like the safe bet. But you know, the entrepreneur, like the gutsy person's like, no, like this is the, the like sign for you to stay home and for us to like really take seriously like what we really love. And so I was just like, okay, well, let's just figure out a way to make it happen. And so, you know, like there's always a way, like if you're willing to do something as an entrepreneur, I feel like there's always a way. So we cut back 
unnecessary spending, things like that. And she really went all in on our business. And like she said, we've I've only been full time for like a month and a half now. So this whole six years, like it's been five years and like 11 months since like I did that. Like she talked about long nights, like we would go to like business meetings and get home at midnight and I'd go to work at three in the morning. Whoa. So I'd get like two and a half hours of sleep. And I would do that like on the regular. And so it's like, that's like the kind of stuff, yeah, for six years just to be able to like, so it's like now I don't even really know how to act because I'm free now and it's like, wait, I can sleep when I want. Like if I want to take a nap <laughs> after this podcast, hold up, I can take a nap. Like I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm still kind of like adjusting because I was so used to that six year, like I'd wake up at 2.30, I'd go to work from three to noon. I would come home, I'd shower from one to six. Like we record videos, work on the business, eat dinner, go to sleep. Like I did that like cycle for six years. That's deep. So that's our story. Yeah. <laughs> till, till this point. Wow. Because all that you've said is just, it's real. It's its really something people are like, I want to be an entrepreneur, but they think, okay, now you have to give up this, you have to give up that. And you've literally shown how you've, you've transcended, you've morphed, you've adapted, you've really built something from nothing and you've now built it into a, a fortitude that someone can say, wow, I like that establishment. I like that culture. I like that brand. I like that. I like those people, you know? Because now you've actually built that likability and it's built along with the relationship. We all know about the no like trust factor. And now because you're also out there, it also allows them to feel vulnerable as well to not express themselves and give you those things that allow you to really understand where they're coming from, where they are, and then put that perspective into your business and see where can you take them to. And that's really the difference because when I hear like the market vibe, I feel like I want to go to like a cocktail party on a Sunday or brunch, you know, just with people hanging out and chilling. It's a vibe, but we know why we're here. We know the purpose and that's community. So I'll, it's it's great how this story has now turned into this amazing business because a lot of people don't do that after the wedding. They go straight to the, the islands. <laughs> they go straight to the, the cruise ship. But you guys are like, no, we, we have a business. We have a focus. And, and that's a beautiful thing to see because now it's paying off. Now you can go to any place you want to travel to. You can take a nap. You can go out, you know? So I would love to know about the market vibe and how that took place. Because like you said, you were also working corporate. So the time to build the, you know, the time to actually say, okay, I'm going to work on this marketing plan. Then I'm going to execute the strategy. And then I'm going to onboard a client. That procedure, was it a process or was it something that really just happened naturally? I think it was, I think it was a process. So honestly, the name came about because we, we, we couldn't figure out a name and I am, this is one. Michael's very picky. Well, not picky. I'm picky, but I'm also really bad when it comes to picking names. So we actually just took a bunch of words and put it into a name generator and the market vibe came out as like the top choice. And I was like, okay, this feels like destiny because it just felt like it was so, well, it felt like it was so us too, because like, yes, we're a marketing agency and like, yes, we have knowledge and expertise, but we're also fun. And like, you see our Instagram and like, you see how we are. So I felt like it encapsulated us as people, like you said, a cocktail party, because we're much more likely if we ever had like an event or something where people were going to learn it'd much likely be a cocktail party or something like that right. than like a stuffy business conference. It's just who we are. Right. And so the name fit perfectly as far as like what it looked like while I was building a job, it was really a lot like the Gary Vaynerchuk where he talks about like, 
you know, you do your nine to five and then you come home from six to 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. is like, you know, your business is time. My hours were a little bit different, but that's very much what it looked like. So um, we would book meetings um, if p- people needed both of us only in the afternoons. If we were onboarding a client, it would be in the afternoon or on a day when I was off. Um, you know, as far as learning everything, it just looked like, I mean, God bless the job I had before I quit. Uh, I was able to get a lot of my work done on Monday, Tuesday. So I'd have a lot of like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is like kind of like downtime. Mm-hmm. And I would use it to learn. I'd be on YouTube learning about digital marketing. I would be buying courses, taking the courses on like, here's how you do Facebook ads. I'd be, you know, networking with people that are like big agency market being like, Hey, you know, I'm just starting. Like, what are some tips and tricks? Like. I literally spend two to three hours every day just learning, like continuing to learn, whether it's like reading or studying like digital marketing trends and things like that. Um, because it's really, really important to, for me personally, to never forget the things that got me to where I am now. <clears throat> and it's the, the constant like learning, it's the commitment to just like excellence. Like I'm a type A person, so very like detailed. So like just, to the details, the habits, the consistency, and like really over six years, that's what got us here. And so I never want to forget that kind of stuff. And so really sticking to kind of those core habits. Yeah. And I'll just add like, you know, I, I had been doing this ever since I got out of college, I was working with brands and on their social media, on their marketing. I was ahead of marketing team uh, for a couple different companies. So I'd been doing this, but now I had the freedom to actually research what I wanted to research. A lot of the companies that I worked for kind of handcuffed me and like the ability to like really get the reach that I knew was out there, that I knew the potential was there, but I just, you know, it wasn't my business, so I couldn't make the call. So now it was like, okay, now we have the ability to learn and test, you know, growth hacking and things like that on our personal stuff and then apply it to our our clients. So that was really where the flexibility came, but we're just forever students. Like we're always learning. We're always like, and that's one thing you have to remember as an entrepreneur, if you're not learning anything, you're in the wrong room. You have to get into another room where you're the dumbest or the, the, the least smart person in the room because that means that you have more to clean from. You can learn from people who've done it before. Even necessary, even um, recently, we reached out to someone who's a very similar story way ahead of us. And we were like, will you please mentor us? Can you please help us? Because we've hit this new level and we're like, oh my gosh, we need somebody to guide us. So it's always just being seeking to understand, to learn and finding people who've done it, who've done the same thing. Well, and I mean, a, a good example is like Pinterest. I just took everything that I learned from like you and Suman. And I think last time I looked, our monthly impressions is at 260,000 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, from what you talked wow. about. And, and so it's like, you just, you like understand that like, you don't have to be an expert at everything, but if you look right. around, there's experts everywhere at everything. So like, it's just humbling yourself and realizing like, Hey, I can really learn. And that's why you hear that the whole two ears, one mouth thing. Yeah. Like that's why you don't hear me honestly on clubhouse talk a lot. Cause I'm listening. I'm taking notes. Like she gets like so mad at all the notebooks I have like laying everywhere. Like she made me get this huge cubby to keep them all in. Cause I'm just constantly <laughs> learning because like, Hey, I can get better at Pinterest. Like I can get better at LinkedIn. Like not everybody knows everything. And right. so I think if you're always constantly learning and you hear that 1% better every single day, I think that's a really good mantra to live by. Yeah, I, I think so too, because when we start thinking too hard about the technical stuff, we, we forget about the actual fun, creative process that really 
makes us actually do what we want to do in the first place so that's why pinterest you know it's a positive place you know people are enjoying they like to see these things because if you can feed them that you're helping someone's day you're helping someone smile somebody's probably going through something we don't know what anybody's going through because we can't tell so when we do these things genuinely the right people come to us and that's really what builds that community and i love that you're building it out that way you know when you mention luxury into the market vibe into the brand how do you define luxury for someone who hasn't experienced luxury Mm, such a good question. Hey, you want to go first or you want me to? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'll go you first. You go first. Okay, so yeah, so most people think of luxury and they think of price. And while price is part of it, I think there's two other main parts. And the first part is like the ingredients or like what's in it. And so I think of like, um, we have a client who she has a friend who just sent us a candle because we told her that we burned a bath of body candle and she was like, absolutely not. She's like, it has chemicals in it. She's like, I'm gonna send you, I have a friend in LA who's got like these candles. Like, favorite, you should see this candle. This thing it's is so beautiful. nice, like the packaging it came in. We'll do it on our stories or we'll send it to you. Okay. Like it was luxury, everything from unpackaging it, like the actual box to opening that box, to pointing it out, to lighting it, what it looks like. It's all luxury and so like from that standpoint but also then it becomes a fact of like customer service is my number one thing so like when we're a luxury agency like yes we perform all of the services that like a digital marketing agency does but the difference is there's like you're not one in like a buffet line of many different like i'm not going to sign you and then i'm going to sign 13 more clients this week mm -hmm. i signed six clients and then we're done and then people go on a wait list so like you can rest assured that like we're not overloaded with extra work. Like we've meticulously figured out that six is the number that we can give the luxury and exemplary service that we want to give to our clients. You get our four phone numbers, so our personal numbers and our bat phone numbers, because that's what we call our work phones. Um, mm -hmm. You get direct access to us. So it's very like, it's a very serious thing. Like. Someone can text Jill at 11 o'clock and say, hey, I know we have this going for tomorrow. Can we change this on our social media? And right. she will immediately answer and be like, yes, that's luxury to us. Yeah, mm. and I'd say to add, I think luxury is really an experience. And I think it's not about, I think people confuse like old luxury with like status and um, treat, not treating people the best. and. The best way I can describe this is there's, remember that TikTok I showed you? That was like going into the different designer stores and you go into like Dior and they just pamper you. They don't care what you look like. You go into Chanel and they're like, get out of here. And then they go to, you go to Hermes and they're like, what do you want? So I think, unfortunately, like, yes, the quality of the good, but I think it's also the experience. You know, what kind of experience are you giving your customers and your clients? Like the candle um, that we were sent, it was an experience opening it. We felt so special. We felt like she transported us because it's an Armenian company. So she brought her culture in. She totally transported us and gave us this lovely experience where we were excited about the product. So I think it's finding that emotion and then create like rolling that into your product experience and giving somebody the best possible quality that you ever can. And I think just like Michael said, that also stems from the customer service and client relations that it's the whole entire process makes you feel like you're special, you're cared about, 
and that this company really values your dollar because people vote with their dollar. Yeah. I mean, it's just a fact. Like they're gonna vote for either McDonald's or they're gonna vote for Burger King. So you want to give like uh, that's a terrible example, but you want to give like the best experience so that they say i like you i want you to stay in business and i think remembering that is a good place too to stay grounded like people could choose to not work with me if they're not going to work with me why is that how can i change that how can i make it so i am the go-to like easy decision if that makes sense and also being okay with like you not being for everybody like we've said no to plenty of people and people have said no to us and it's cool it's not a big deal like there's Like, I think that's where a lot of business owners is they get into that scarcity mindset of like, this is the one person in front of me. Like I gotta like, we've actually said no to more people than we've said yes to. And I think that that gets into a lot of stuff like pricing and and like mindset and things like that. But I just think like being comfortable with um, like figuring out like the best way to position yourself without necessarily selling. Cause I mean, if you like think about on Clubhouse, like favor, how many times have you heard Jill or I sell on Clubhouse? Probably never, honestly, because we don't. And we don't really sell on our Instagram either. Like we we understand that people aren't dumb. They they understand the product and service you have to offer. It's it's right there on your Instagram. Like it's right there on your clubhouse. Like you don't need to tell them. Like you just need to show them that you're a nice person that's knowledgeable in what you do and they'll figure out the rest if they buy with you. Yeah. And I think that that's where we've gotten really good at that. And then just kind of, just being really like, kind of casual about it not you know getting upset if people go with other people or you know like jill gets really sick and life throws us curveballs or you know stuff like that it's just we're kind of we've gotten really good over the past six years of just kind of rolling with the entrepreneurial punches i love that because the two things that stood out to me when you both mentioned this was staying in business and mindset because when you're staying in business and someone is paying for your business to enjoy the experience they're not only thinking about themselves they're also thinking about how well you can perform to give them that delivery that they actually need or expect as as a goal setting so when you think about that and then you think about the mindset and then you add imposter syndrome to it when people can't really post or know what to post or wonder what people will think when they post as a business do they have to worry about those things or do they have to channel their mindsets in a way that you can be able to give them that experience that will help them to change their paradigm shifts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because everything is everything is how you look at it. So you could look at someone ahead of you and you could say, I'll never get there. Or you could experience imposter syndrome or you could look at it as a positive of that person's just a little bit further ahead of me because they've put in a little bit more time and work. So that's cool. I know that it's possible. Like, so it, everything is just how you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that that is mindset stuff. It's really, really hard. And I mean, like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you we're perfect. Like we have negative mindset stuff happening daily, like all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, that's writing it down, mm-hmm. like really being grounded and like, what your plan is. I think when you're being consistent and doing the things that you know you're supposed to do in business, I think you experience less of that. I think when you're not being consistent, when you're you're not doing the things that you know, the foundational stuff of running your business, I think that's when imposter syndrome creeps up a lot more because it's like cracks in your armor when you're not being consistent, when you're not you know having a solid morning routine. I honestly think those are the things that really most business owners what they end up failing is stuff like that rather than like 
oh, you don't have the right Pinterest backlink strategy to be able to da 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 da. I think it's really just comes down to like people let imposter syndrome or confidence or lack of habits or uh, mindset issues really affect their business more than anything else. Yeah, I think for me, what what's really helped me with imposter syndrome is I just turn it around. Instead of thinking, saying like, this person is further ahead than me, they've achieved this and I haven't. I've turned it around and said, okay, this person has done this. That means that I can do it too. That's how I turn it around. Like if we see someone in our industry who's doing something, it's like, okay, so that's the potential. That's where we can go. We can go there too. That's been one of the things that's been really helpful for me with imposter syndrome is seeing it as like a challenge and seeing it as somebody is raising the bar. And it's like, okay, so we have even that much more further to go or to grow or to even jump to. If, you know, it's something for you to aim at. It's what I, I like to think of it. Yeah. I just. I, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't believe there's anything I can't do. Like, I'll just keep doing, I'll just keep doing stuff and like trying new things until someone tells me like I can't. Like, I don't know. It's just like, we're always trying to, and I know this kind of drives her crazy. So this is like the differences. So I'm the one that's always trying to innovate and change. And she's the one that doesn't like change. And so like, you'll see like on our Instagram, like things are always like, changing, oh, always. And she's like, and so, but it's like, I'm always like trying to, like, we're always trying to figure out new ways to do things. Cause like, I don't know, it just gets boring doing the old way of doing things. And I don't think, I think there's some level too, like the more saturation there is, like the more you have to like try different things like that, like doing like reels within carousels or doing multi, you know, lives repurposing to like, just like stuff that like people aren't doing because then I think whether it works or not, people stop and they say, oh, that person's doing something different. And that at least gets you noticed on some sort of level. And then from there, that kind of gets you and gets people into your ecosystem. Yeah. And to really answer your question, you know, if somebody is like feeling of imposter syndrome and they're like, I have no idea where to start. I don't know what to post. And it's really easy to look at somebody else's content and be like, okay, this is working for them. I'm going to post that too. But really 2020 changed marketing forever because there was a flood of people online. There were so many businesses started in 2020 that now the competition is so high and people are smart. Like the old school marketing tactics that maybe worked in early 2000s don't work anymore because we've seen them so many times. We are smart. We are smart beings, like even though sometimes we get dumb, but we are smart and we understand when we're being marketed to. So I think if you're stuck on where to get started, I think you need to be figure out, you know, what it is that makes you special because only you have your story. You have a unique set of circumstances and experience, experiences that no one else has, which gives you your own unique perspective on life and business or whatever it is that you're, that you're teaching on. So just start to teach. Like what are the, just like Michael said, what are the things that you're good at, that you know about? What can you teach? What can you help somebody do? That's really, I think, would be a good place to start if you're not, if you have no idea what to post or if you're feeling a little bit of imposter syndrome. Yeah. I mean, having a mentor too is really, really great. That was paramount for us. <laughs> it kind of helps you when you're feeling those feelings like that, having someone that you can go to who's a safety net, who you know you can just say, hey, like I'm struggling today. Like I'm, I, I saw this person's Instagram and immediately I thought like, God, why am I not there yet? 
because mm-hmm. we had that and we still continue to have that like i think no matter like whether you're like the very beginner or even like there's a reason like people like warren buffett they still have mentors like who, who do you think needs mentors more warren buffett or like me probably me so you know kind of, that kind of thing so um i really think that that's that was one of the key things is it's easy to feel like great and everything when you're on a, a business high when you're making money and everything but when you're not and you're experiencing like a down or like something really bad happens like you need that person to be able to just go to because then you can turn around and like now we're it's really cool to see we're that for people now like it was weird someone asked me to mentor them and i almost didn't know what to say yeah <laughs> like it was so really it's crazy though because like i like that's all i wanted when we first started the business because i was like i'm a mess and then to have someone now turn around and like ask me to do that was like holy cow like that's so cool so it's just it's really it's just so important like jill said and then just having positive people in your life too that's beautiful because i think at this point it's all about the relationship and what you leave behind and how you impact them because they'll come back and expect that same thing or even more because of how you were able to just give yourself freely and be that at their service you know really and and that that way they'll actually feel like they're welcome because some people yeah they may pay an arm and a leg but they may not get the same experience from somebody else who has something that's so strategic that can really help them see better and not feel overwhelmed at the same time yeah this is this is great to actually think about because now that i'm thinking about this what comes to my mind is how do the relationships you have with the clients affect your relationships together Mm, such a good question that is a good one go ahead okay i will go um it definitely took us some time to get into our flow because we're not only business partners, we're married. So that's like a whole other level of marriage that I think a lot of people won't experience is working together. Um, But we always see it as like, it's us and our client versus the problem. So if there's ever like a problem, like we always kind of attack it in that sense. And same way with us, if there's like a problem between us, we're like, okay, it's us against the problem, not us against each other. So that's kind of so, like so, a mindset that we were taught by some mentors of us that we've carried pretty much into everywhere, every single you know issue or conflict that we've ever gone into. But honestly, uh, the relationship has been great because we really collaborate together. And I think our clients love that they get two people to really help them with strategy and to really help them with what their goals are because Michael and I have such different strengths. We bring, you know, two different perspectives to the table. And it's really been great for us because, like I said, Michael is so like innovative and strategic and so forward thinking. And I'm more about like details and executing and more a little bit more creative. So like us together, it's we've become this like power duo that where we can like we can just like full blaze ahead if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think of like the client we just um, did like onboarding with. Um, so she was more type A. She's so a lot it like was Michael. so it was her and us because we like we met her down in LA, and so we like went to lunch, and it was her and me just going back. Okay, yeah, cool. Like love that idea. You know, type A, and her just and she knew like okay, I'm gonna sit in the background because like they're both type A's, and so like that's the kind of stuff is because like yeah, it seems really great, and like you think like oh, you guys are a powerhouse. It's almost like unfair, like you know, you two against like everybody else. But I'm like yeah, but you don't have to deal with like the problems that we have to deal with where it's like. 
yo, we live together and are married and running a business together and we're completely different. I wake up early, she sleeps in, I go to sleep early, she stays up late. Like we have all of these issues that like, yeah, it may seem great. Like there's two of us with like all of these skills and knowledge, but we have a lot of stuff and still do that we have to overcome that like a single business owner, you don't have to consult anybody when you make a decision except your dang self. Like I have to consult her, she has to consult me, we have to come yeah. to a decision together. Right. And so it's a whole different beast. So I always like to let people know when they say like, oh, you guys make it look so easy or like, you know, like da 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 da. I always like to let people know like, thank you. Like I really appreciate that, but like, I almost wish I could like teleport people back like three years ago mm. to like when we weren't making very much money and we were arguing all the time. Cause like, I would like people to see that just to see like, hey, like it takes a lot of work. Cause like, we're talking about business work right now, but it was also a lot of like marriage, relationship growth too. Cause like here, I'm gonna sit here and tell you like if your uh, marriage or relationship or whatever it is, like with your business partner too, isn't solid. Like your business will never be, like it'll never be successful. Like you can't have like a, a dysfunctional personal relationship and then try and run a business together and it'd be successful. It just, in my opinion, it just won't work. It's interesting too, because we've met a lot of people who have met us and they're extremely cynical of our situation yeah and we're like okay you know what you know do you do you do or they're thing? like i'd like, kill my husband life. if i worked with him or something life. like that or i've done it and yeah, it doesn't work, work or we've been divorced or or whatever and like not saying that we're like you can't get divorced like y'all live your life do your own thing like but for us we always put our marriage first that's one thing that we're in our relationship first we've always put that as number one that's always been the thing that we focus on the most if there's a problem in business we might there might be a problem in relationships so we always like check in there it's a lot of dropping egos and you know, really listening and really hearing each other, really making sure that we're receiving what the other one is feeling. You know, it's definitely been a journey. And I think it's because I don't think a lot of people have done it because it's so, it is very difficult. And like, this is six years of us working together, getting to know each other's work styles, each other's strengths, be there for each other's weaknesses. You know, it's been quite a journey. And like like Michael said, it's a huge compliment when people are like, you guys make it look so easy. And that that's great. And it's like, I wish you guys could see like when we have like, you know, a little tip about whatever. You know, you know I just wish people could see that. And I think that's what's been so strong in our personal brand too, is like, we're real about that stuff. We are like, hey, we are not perfect. We go through stuff too. So to answer your question, <laughs> It really works because if the client is more like me, that's awesome. Michael supplements, if you know, and then vice versa. So it's actually been really helpful, and I think they feel special because they're getting two people. Oh yeah, they get a package deal. They get a package deal. <laughs> oh, that's the best package deal in town, <laughs> definitely. Because you think about all the good things, you think about the psychological frameworks, the marketing. It's like you're getting amazing experiences at the same time instead of looking for two different people that's trying to do the same thing and it just makes it easier for them because they actually trust you and they're like yeah they can hold their marriage they can hold my business so it's like that trust factor just goes all the way to another level because they can feel like you're responsible enough to take care of my business which is my baby and then i can be able to help you nurture it like we're also nurturing our own relationship so it plays a really big role and i like how you guys have Put that together and really built it out from scratch and now people are looking at you and they want that for themselves too 
So now they think, okay, as an entrepreneur, I have to think about an agency format. I got to think about how much am I getting in? What's my balance sheet looking like? Do I have a marketing plan? It gets really technical at that point. So now yes. when, when someone's thinking about being an entrepreneur and also starting a marketing agency or digital marketing agency, where should they focus on the pivot rather than just focusing on the workload? Mm. Such a good question. Interesting. Well, I always say, here's the problem I see with a lot of people who ask me like that are starting an agency, whether it's on Clubhouse or in back chats, is that they think that they have to do everything. So like I have to do Facebook ads, web design, branding, like, you know, the whole like echelon of everything. And I think it's much better to just start with like the one or two things that you're at, like really good at. So like we had one girl, she's like, I want to start a digital marketing agency. She's like, so I'm thinking of like doing all of these things. I was like, okay, you could do that. Like, but what one are you like, or two are you really good at? She's like, I'm really good at social media marketing and brand. And I was like, cool, offer those then and start from there. I think what happens is too often, it's kind of like you alluded to, like people go too far down the rabbit hole. And I was completely guilty of this when we first started our marketing agency. I got like a couple of uh, digital marketing agency courses uh, just to learn about like the structure of a digital marketing agency, kind of all of that. Cause we knew how to do like social media marketing and all that, but just to kind of learn like the agency stuff. And I mean, I went down like the rabbit hole to the point where like it actually kept me from like starting and doing the things that I knew that I needed to do. And so I think that's the biggest problem is like, just pick like the one or two things as an agency that you want to offer at the beginning, like figure out where you are in the echelon of pricing. So I always like to say, are you more of like a beginner or are you more of like on the advanced level side, price yourself accordingly, and then really get into the marketing plan for your business, because that's where you need to spend your time. Because if you're not marketing your services, like it's just crickets. So like what one to two platforms are you going to be on? I always like to say SEO and trending. So like a Pinterest and an Instagram or a YouTube and a TikTok, like two that make sense. So that you've got some place where you can always like have your forever content, but then some place where you can grow right off the bat and get business. So like Clubhouse is great right now. I'm telling all of our clients pretty much like get on Clubhouse because it's, it's really is easy business because the no like and trust is there. They hear you talk in real time. The expertise is great. They go to Instagram. So I think really just find those one or two things, keep it simple, find maybe like a simple course or somebody, I really think someone to mentor you. Um, I used to be scared of asking for that. Now I realize that we're further along. There's plenty of people that are more than willing to mentor people. You just have to ask. So I say get a mentor, pick one, two things you're good at, and then figure out your marketing plan mm-hmm. would be my best advice. What yeah. about you, Ben? I mean, you said everything I was going to say. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just people make it way too hard. They go down that rabbit hole, and then they spend six months in, like, the research phase, and then they get scared yeah. because now that it's been so long, you know, like that whole where you should do it, and the longer you wait, the harder it gets to do the thing because the fear becomes more paralyzing. Mm-hmm. Like, just... If it's just social media marketing, just do social media marketing. Like you can still be an agency and just do social media marketing. There are plenty of agencies that do that. I think it's when people get into trouble is they think they have to offer all of the things. The only reason that we do is because when we first started, we only had three or four things. And as we were doing those really well, we were learning how to do Facebook ads. We were learning how to do all of the other stuff so that we could eventually be an agency that offered those if our clients needed it. Nice. I like that. And you you also mentioned Clubhouse and you touched on it because 
a lot of businesses and brands and b2b b2c they've not really utilized clubhouse like we're still we're not like we're now really getting into clubhouse really heavy based on strategy and what people are doing but when you think about it from brand deals and from a corporate level or from a business level or a creative level how can we use clubhouse in a way that can really help those brand deals have a a better exposure with a faster click-through rate where they can really be able to understand their audience and play a role as being part of a community as a social responsibility. Yeah, well, I mean, Michael has said this before, but Clubhouse is amazing because social audio is one of the highest levels of authenticity. And I know authenticity is thrown around a lot, but really, how can you can hear somebody talking live with their voice. The next best thing is seeing them in person. So you can really get a feel of who this person is. You can kind of feel out, because people are smart. You can feel if there's something off, or you can feel if these people are, you know, good people or who they say they are. Like when we met, when we met you, right away we knew, we were like, okay, he knows what he's talking about. We get really good vibes, let's connect. So I think people misunderstand that's the power of Clubhouse really is your chance to get out there and show sort of the base behind the brand and explain more of what your brand is about in a live setting where you're actually communicating with your ideal clients. And I mean, it's like one of the best places for market research because we actually have clients who do town hall meetings, who ask questions, figuring out exactly what their clients want. And then they're coming back to us and they're like, okay, this is what people said that they want. And we're like, great, all right, let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think for, and especially a lot of, obviously like with digital products and, and anything like that, like we built a six figure side net whatever off of clubhouse just clubhouse like multiple six like and that was without even like being on it like 24 7. that was just kind of because remember i still had a job too and without selling yeah because jill was still like long story short like i didn't have to have a job but jill was still really sick and so i had really great insurance and so until we got like her medical issues figured out like i kept through it but like that's the power of clubhouse i think it's people who have products like physical products don't understand really the power of it because they think well, how am I going to sell product through through Clubhouse? Like, it's not. What am I going to do? Like, get maybe an order or two from somebody? But I've actually been on stages where people have pitched their product, and investors have said, "Hey, well, could you handle an order of twenty thousand? And the girl was like, "I can't remember what it was. It was like hair she bands beanies. or beanies. Custom That's right, beanies. custom beanies." That and she was from Disney. Yeah, and he was from. He's like, "Cool, I'd love you to get on a Zoom call on Tuesday with uh, Disney because I think Disney would love to uh, put those in like all of their stores and everything." Wow. So like. If you, if you get on Clubhouse and you speak up about your product or service, not in a spammy way, but in a way that's like, you know, if you have questions like, hey, I wanna, I've got a great beanie. I wanna figure out how to get this distributed, um, you know, US wide, like, and I, I don't know how to do that. Like, is there anyone who can give me some advice on how to like, that's, that was her question. Like she wasn't fishing for like, hey, can you like buy my beanies? She was just asking a question. The guy was like, hey, I just looked at your product. Like those are handmade. She was like, yeah, I make them all by hand. Wow, those are really great qualities. Yeah, I really, uh, you know, I'm really serious about the quality uh, product. Okay, cool. Yeah, are you free Monday? Like it was very like, it was really just cool like that. And I've see. seen that happen five or six times I can think of where it's been, you know, orders of anywhere from fifty to orders of ten thousand. And I mean, like an order of ten thousand dollars, ten thousand items at however much your item is. Like, how much would would that change your life? Like that that's six figures, maybe seven figures, depending on your item 
just by you being on Clubhouse and asking a question. So mm. I think that more people need to take seriously the fact that Clubhouse is, if, you're, if your ultimate goal is to build know, like, and trust, then you go to the top of the mountain when it comes to social media of what builds the most know, like, and trust. And as you climb up the mountain and you get to the top, you realize it's Clubhouse or Green Room or Twitter Spaces or it's just social audio in general because you get to hear people's voice, you get real feedback in real time, you get to build a relationship with people like you can't do on Instagram, like you can't do on Pinterest right now. And, and so that's just, if that's your ultimate goal, then, then that's where you should be. And I think not too many people think about it on, on that deep of a level. And I think if they did, a lot more people would be flooding to places like Clubhouse right now. <laughs> That is a fact <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> it, it, it changes. It changes so much when you now think about the process of actually getting through that success story rather than just getting there and just looking back like, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. You know, it's 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 different when you can actually relate with those people. So I, I also see the same thing in Clubhouse because now it's like it's changed the dynamics before it was like, oh, we're going to be in this room and then we're going to be in this room. Now it's like. If I'm in this room, like you said, if I'm the dumbest person in this room, then I'm in the perfect place because I want to be vulnerable. I want to be able to listen, take notes, because like we teach, we, we, we learn, we coach, but like sometimes we also need to listen. And listening, I think, is a huge piece of branding that a lot of people kind of forget and they don't realize until they are told or until something happens. So how can they realize this as we give them something that can really they can take home tonight or take home wherever time they are in the world right now <laughs> so yeah so it's interesting that what room were we in they were talking about brand's reputation and so that's what other people say so Tosin was talking about that man i'm bold i'll ask other people i'll be like what do you think about us I, i'm not and i'll be like i can take it and I, I think we asked that question so far back that we got through the initial like <laughs> shock of like when people tell you the truth. Yeah. So now it's it's not a big deal because like we've developed thick skin. But I think if you if you're comfortable going straight to the source, I think really asking other people if if you're not comfortable with that, really becoming aware of you know how you come like how are you coming off in clubhouse rooms how are you coming off in your interactions with other people you know are you speaking more than you're listening or are you listening more than you're speaking mm. like are you smiling when you talk like all of these like kind of just go over the basics of like how are you interacting with people because ultimately the knowledge and everything like that like most people know kind of the same information you know right. very few people are like you know like i've read five million books and everything we're all kind of within the same knowledge and expertise level but what we're not is our communication skills our ability to read other people our ability to connect with other people so i think that's a great place to start because those are intangibles that like i would rather if i was like mentoring someone they work and learn on those kind of skills than reading books 100 mm -hmm. <laughs> percent uh oh you forgot Wait, let me see if i can remember mm -hmm. sorry you're gonna have to edit this uh Unless you don't want to, you can just leave it, whatever. Um, oh, okay, I remember. Uh, I would just say the main tip that I would give to anyone, like if they're finally getting on Clubhouse or they're like, I need to start seeing traction, is go on there to teach and to learn. Don't go on there to sell. Because if you just go on there and you show what, you know, show what you're made of, like show what you know, teach what you know, share your value, just like share it all the clients and the money will come 
But I think it's you, you almost have to go on there and prove yourself first and show that you actually know what you're talking about. You can deliver on those results. And the people, you know, people that want to work with you will reach out and they will start working with you. I think you have to switch your mindset from thinking like, I have to be like DMing all of these people and getting those leads. No, I would go on there, just add value, say my DMs are open and you can talk, you know, meet with people who it makes sense with and then go on there to learn. I went into a business room because I wanted to just learn about, you know, creating more consistent months and I got three leads from it. Like it was insane. Like three people who wanted to work with us. So I was like, you know, we're at this amount, but I'd really like to increase it to this. This is my ideal client. These are my my prices you know people gave me great value in there and then I got free leads from it so don't worry about going on there to sell just go on there to give and to serve and to learn that's beautiful wow I, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna think about this and really think about their relationships with people with themselves with their significant others and really understand and see are, are we doing it right because we're always learning you know and if you can adapt, it can be better. And one of the things that I, I took as well, you know, listening as well, is that it's usually us against the problems, not us against each other. And when you start mm-hmm. thinking that way, you now literally, you take a side and the side is our side. So now it becomes like, yeah. we're really now making sure that the other side is well taken care of because we took care of ourselves together. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Thank you for bringing that's that up. That's a huge compliment because we've always, that's always been our number one is to show people like, it's cool to be in a committed relationship. Like it's okay. It's, it's cool. It's safe. That's always been one of our missions to show that like marriage is cool and it's a cool thing to do. And when you find the person that you're meant to be with, like it can be awesome. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of work, but it can be truly amazing. Yeah, you guys are amazing. <laughs> Thank oh, you. We love you, favorite. Love you too, Michael and Jill. If there's any way they can reach out to you, connect with you, what are the options they have? Yeah, so um, I know we said Clubhouse, so we're pretty much Michael and Jill on all our social media platforms. So um, on Clubhouse, on Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, pretty much everywhere. Uh, YouTube, they can just type in Michael and Jill and find us there. Um, we are The Market Vibe, uh, www.themarketvibe.com. So if they want to check out our website, um, they can find us there. But yeah, come hang out with us on all the social medias. Amazing. Guys, make sure you're able to tap in and also check the show description. It's going to be all there in the show notes for you. If you want to check them on Clubhouse, you're also going to find the hyperlinks in there. So feel free to connect because there's room for everybody. Thank you so much once again. And Thank I, you. Thanks, favorite. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs>